Welcome to episode 1026 of The Sleeper in the Bust. I am Justin Mason, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how you doing? I'm in a much better mood since we last talked. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know. You know, you, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, like, I kind of hit my breaking point Wednesday night. Uh, you know, I, I tweeted the, the gif out of, uh, uh, what's his face, um, from Entourage, throwing mm. their phone against the wall. It's like when I got the news, like we're, you know, 6 p.m. deadline. I was like, I'm done. I went to bed. My wife is like, why are you in such a pissy mood? I'm like, because I hate the people that run baseball. They're driving me nuts. And then Thursday I'm on work call and I'm getting updates and I'm like, I'm not going to allow myself to get hurt again. And then when the stuff finally came through, I'm on a video call and you can just see the smile come on my face. And somebody was like, is baseball back? And I'm like, it is. Uh, and so that's why today you see me wearing the old throwback double raise hat and and, uh, and shirt and uh, jersey. And here we are. So we get to talk about actual baseball. It's really going to happen. Yeah, um, I'm pretty stoked. It's uh, and we didn't have a ton of moves to talk about on Friday, but the moves are slowly coming in. We still don't have any of the big guys signed, right? No Correa yet, no Schwarber, no no hitters, no big story. hitters. Mm-hmm. What's you know, I would essentially say the big pitchers, uh, mm-hmm. and it's not surprising that that Boris took care of his pitchers first. Uh, especially given the risk um, of the pitchers that were involved. So that's not surprising. But, yeah, we're waiting on Freddie Freeman. You know, it would be funny if Freddie Freeman did, like, a, a college recruit thing and just stuck some hats out on the table and, and just, like, put his hand over it and, like, hey, I'm this is where I'm going. You know, the baseball so, like, version I, of the announcement. Exactly, exactly, because it is, it is crazy. You, know, you and I were talking off air before we got started. Yeah, these guys had 72 hours to get to Florida or Arizona. Uh, today was mandatory report day, uh, and so they had to be there today. And uh, but if they weren't already there, working in some type of facility or whatnot, yeah, they got to find some place to live. And Tyler Glass now asked the Rays if he could sleep in the clubhouse because they couldn't find the place um, in in Port Charlotte, uh, you know, in, in different places. So they got to you know, they've got to have to do some things. I'm, I'm sure they were all trying to work on something, but you know, especially after the last week. Uh, with the up and down to the news, maybe maybe you canceled plans. I mean, I, I tell you, I was really close. I'm supposed to be in New York two weeks to uh, to auctioneer league, and I about canceled my flights because the whole discussion was we're going to push things back until at least the eight. I was like, you know what? I'm I'll get around to it. It's, it's still free. I mean, remember, folks, most of the time you can make a host, hotel reservation for free, and you can still cancel it mm-hmm. 24 hours before. So I'm like, I'm not going to change that. And thankfully, the uh, the flights. You know, these days, most airlines are allowing you to change. And so I was like, yeah, I'll just wait. So I didn't touch anything. Uh, and then, you know, 24 hours later, news spins around. I'm like, yay, I, I didn't touch anything. Because almost in, in a moment of spite, I was just going to, I'm canceling that. I'm canceling that. You know, forget this. And uh, I didn't. So happy. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited too. Uh, do you have any predictions on where you think uh, Correa, Story, and Freeman go? I don't. I don't have any predictions anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I just honestly would rather wait until we know where they're at to discuss any kind of probabilities. Because I mean, we've got enough volume of, of these minor-ish and these pitching moves and some of these other news. We've got enough to talk about and, and speculating. Hell, they may have a signing right in the middle of why we're talking. So in the next hour or so, as we're talking, we'll keep an eye on the alerts and, and see what comes up. Be like, hey, we've got some news to cover. Yep, and we are live here on. All my social media platforms uh, figured uh, since it's just you and me, because I 
apparently forgot to schedule someone for today. <laughs> Thought I had, but I, I did not. Um, I figured we'll just stream it out to uh, everyone live. And if signings comes in, feel free to throw it in the chat. Or if you have questions, feel free to throw it in the chat. But we got a ton of moves to discuss. Uh, let's start with Andrelson Simmons to the Cubs. I think people thought that they might be players in the Correa or Story Market. Probably not after them signing uh, Simmons. Any interest him in him fantasy wise? And what does this do to Nico Horner? That's that's the issue uh, to me. It, it's that side of it because there was a lot of late late interest uh, in, in in drafts with Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal. Nick Madrigal, I don't think that moves off second. But if they want to bring in Simmons and his defense. Maybe maybe Horner moves over and takes some of that time from Madrigal uh, at second base. So that's where I see that trickle-down uh, impact uh, to that because you don't bring in a guy like Simmons just to sit him uh, to there. I mean, maybe it helps a little bit uh, there on some of the pitching values. Uh, but the other piece of this, and I only bring in Madrigal because uh, maybe it was maybe it was Vlad said that was talking about, like, hey, these are some numbers, like 12 stolen bases. I said, you know, I want the under. I think we talked about this during the offseason on him in particular. I do like him. You know, it, he's one of those guys in that bucket of necessary targets for certain builds as you're, as you're drafting. Uh, but with him coming off hamstring surgery, not just hamstring recovery, hamstring surgery, I'm very pessimistic about him with double-digit stolen bases this year. That said, I still want him to, if, if I've got my Gallows and my Sanos and my Sanchez, you know, I have my certain types, I still would like him uh, in that capacity, but I'm, I'm very much down on him running this year, given that he's coming back from surgery. Would love to be wrong, um, but that's where I see a trickle-down effect uh, this year between with this trade, this trade, Horner gets some time because they're, I mean, they're kind of the same guy. Uh, and it would have been fun to see them at 8-9 at the bottom of the lineup to set the table for the top. Uh, but it, that's where the, somebody's got to lose some playing time, and it could be both of those guys uh, for Simmons and his defense. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think Horner obviously loses the most playing time and probably becomes a super utility infielder, um, a guy who can go and play third base and give Patrick Wisdom time off. Or if Patrick Wisdom kind of turns back into a pumpkin, maybe he can take over the third base job uh, and, you know, spells Simmons and spells Madrigal. Uh, but, yeah, I think, unfortunately, for, for Horner, he's probably the odd man out um, in this scenario, uh, which, I mean, it's unfortunate, but I don't think many of us are really drafting Horner outside of, like, 50-round drafting holds, and if, you know, or NL only. So Yeah, it was... Uh... You know, he is – both these guys I've seen go in the late – I want I wanted to look uh, – pull up TGFBI to see where they went in my particular. Uh, so, like, you can do the same, but I'm going to look and see where Horner went. Um, man, I wish it was easier to search the grids. It drives me nuts. Uh, what league were you in? 626. Adrigal mm -hmm. went in the middle of the 27th round. Uh, Horner went 377. Yeah, Horner went in the uh, the second pick of the twenty sixth round. So that was that's kind of the gap uh, there. That was pretty much right at ADP for him. So um, you know he's probably a cut in most fifteen team leagues at yeah. this point. Simmons I, I didn't even get drafted. Understandably, didn't mm -hmm. get drafted. Uh, I'm wondering if, if that would change now, like how that shoves ever been. Madrigal probably ends up. You know, maybe dropping down two rounds or Horner, like you said, maybe just doesn't get drafted at this point. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll be updating my ranks on uh, on the Patreon uh, probably tonight to reflect all the moves that have ha that happened yesterday. Unfortunately for my ranks, I was at Barfleet draft all day yesterday, so <laughs> I got home after a really long day after getting pulled over on my way home or way home from the draft uh, and getting a ticket. Uh, and I just was like, I'm not doing anything. So I, I will I will update a lot of that tonight. I'll also do some over in California. What were you doing? Like 110? No, it was expired registration. I forgot to renew my registration. Um, See, they should no. give a pass for that, given everything else that's happening right now. You know, he, get, he gave me a fix it ticket. Yeah, he gave me a fix it ticket, so it's not a big deal. I just oh, got to okay. make sure I get it done. So, but uh, it was one of those things. Saw the lights go on, and I was like, ah, oh, damn it! I know exactly why why I'm being pulled over right now. I got pulled over in high school. Same. I got pulled over. I had just come back into town that morning. That morning, uh, I had been out of town all summer uh, at my dad's, came back, and I knew that my car tag, and I was on my way there, and the guy pulled me over as I was pulling in the 7-Eleven, <laughs> get a Slurpee, and I was like, I am literally going there right now. Here's the paperwork of my car. He goes, I'll follow you there. I'm like, done. <laughs> it's right down the road. I just had to get a Slurpee. <laughs> it, it was one of those things, too, where uh, I was like, I was starving. I hadn't eaten all day. Um, it was like seven o'clock at night. I was just pulling in about to pull an in and out burger. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so close. It's right there. I just want to eat something. Um, but yeah, no, it's what it is. My bad. Don't drive without proper registration or license people. Uh, let's make sure we get that disclaimer out of the way. Uh, Steve Ciszek goes to the nationals. Do you think he poses any threat for saves for, uh, for Finnegan or, um, or Tanner Rainey? No. Uh, honestly, it would have to be super, super matchup dependent. I mean, maybe he gets a, a handful, uh, maybe a, a three-finger brown handful, right? But it has to be super, super matchup dependent uh, for him. If, you know, there's multiple guys on base, they're righties, you're, you want, you really want that double play or something like that. Uh, that's the only way I see a path forward for him to say is, but walks have been a big problem for him here uh, of late. Uh, and with the three batter rule, it's just really easy to to say, hey, and that's if you look at the walk rate, that's really been the problem. As soon as the three batter rule came into play, it's like you no longer can just use them against righties. You put lefties in and he's you know trying to trying to get you to chase, trying to do that type of thing and then and taking his chance with the righty. But he's too uh, you know, he's too risky. You can expose him rather quickly in that regard. So, no, uh, unless somebody has exhausted all their lefties on the bench and they only have righties. I don't see it happening. Yeah, this is actually for me a little bit of good news in terms of uh, Kyle Finnegan and his uh, his chances to uh, hold on to that job because uh, that's who I think is probably the guy at the start of the season. And a lot of people are drafting Tanner Rainey. I think Tanner Rainey's been going ahead of Finnegan ADP. Oh yeah, uh, he has been. But I think Finnegan's going to get the first shot. Um, and if this is the kind of moves the Nationals are making to bolster the bullpen, that's a, that's a pretty good sign that. Uh, Finnegan uh, will likely uh, at least start with a job. He may not keep it. You know, Randy may supplant him. Someone else may supplant him. But yeah. I don't think Steve Shishak is much of a threat. Uh, the big trade that happened yesterday was Isaiah Kiner-Falefa being traded to Texas. I'm sorry, being traded to Minnesota. Uh, Mitch Garver heading to Texas. What were your thoughts on this deal? That was kind of out of nowhere. Uh, mm -hmm. And... You know, so that got that got interesting when I saw it. I was like, "Wow, 
but then you look at it, I, you know, it, it appears, and this is where it gets a little interesting with Minnesota. You know, they go from having Simmons at shortstop to now apparently playing Kiner Falefa there. Uh, and Kiner Falefa, for outs above average last year, did not perform well. Uh, when you look at where that where that club was, I mean, Simmons was a 16 outs above average guy last year at shortstop. Kiner Falefa was a minus seven. Uh, so if you are somebody who has that Minnesota uh, Minnesota pitcher, that's the that's the downgrade that you just took defensively from that. Now understand, you know the Polanco was the guy on shortstop. He wasn't projected to do much, but this hurts defensively, and I, that's where I'm a little concerned about the trickle down effect with the Minnesota pitching staff because that defense takes a plunge. Uh, but having Josh Donaldson. Uh, as long as he stays healthy on the field next to kind of should be able to help you would expect him to be able to cheat a little more towards the middle. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit concerned for my Luisa Arias shares because he is now currently the projected DH for that club. Uh, but if they make another signing, then he becomes the utility guy uh, and right now. But I don't believe they can take Arias out of this lineup because he's honestly the only guy that projects out of that leadoff spot. He knows how to get on base. 374 career OBP as a uh, as a major league hitter. Nobody else in that roster uh, outside of Josh Donaldson can claim those OBP chops, and they're not going to have Josh Donaldson hit leadoff. So that's where I, I I'm trying to uh, buoy my hopes for those Arias shares because I want to say I had in four or five drafts uh, because of, of that particular thing. But I'm I'm concerned now. I wasn't worried at all. Now I'm concerned. Uh, but I'm also I also share that concern with Minnesota pitchers. Not that I was targeting too many, but, you know, your Joe Ryan, your Bailey Ober, uh, different types of things uh, with the downgrade um, at defense at shortstop from going from Simmons to Connor Falefa. Even though he was a gold glove, whatever. He's really excited about playing shortstop. I don't know if he's also going to catch, uh, you know, what they're going to do at catcher. Uh, you know, Ryan Jeffers certainly gets a little bit of a bump um, out mm-hmm. of that, but I don't uh, sound like Connor Falefa is going to be a full-time shortstop now. Yeah, that's what that's what it sounded like from people who were kind of keyed in on the Minnesota organization uh, on Twitter. I don't really get it because this is a team that uh, has appeared to uh, like really value defense. You yeah. know, Donaldson on the hot corner. Uh, you know, guys like Kepler and Buxton in the outfield. It's a bit surprising that they bring in someone like Kiner Falefa. Um, when yeah, he, defensively, I don't know how well he stacks up in Minnesota. Um, so I'll be interested to see if we, you know, this is one of the important parts. Like I know, highly recommend if you're not already following him, go follow Mike Kerland over on Twitter. Follow his work uh, that I think is going to be coming out on the Athletic this year because he does a lot yeah. of spring training lineup stuff, and I think we're going to see like how much is uh, kind of left, uh, like a. Uh, how much is he playing shortstop or is he moving around to different positions? Um, yeah, Cause I, I do think arise is probably the guy who loses out uh, at some point. I think the, I mean, I don't know if Minnesota is going to make many other moves, bringing guys in um, especially they've got Jose Miranda who likely is a DH coming up at some point and they may just wait on him. So I think kind of, or I think uh, arise has a chance to kind of establish himself as, hey, I need to be in this everyday lineup before Miranda comes up. But if he doesn't, if he struggles out of the gate and Miranda comes up, a 
Arise could be back to being kind of a super utility guy. That's where my that's where my concerns are uh, because of that. Because with Miranda, you know, with Arise having the position current previously at second base, it's like okay, you could see a, a spot where you know Miranda doesn't have enough defensive chops to. You know, from what I read, I've never seen him play, but from what I read, nobody believes he's a full time player in any one position right now. But the fact that he can move around and 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 maybe take up some outfield. Uh, at a, at a corner in a pinch, maybe play, move around the infield type of thing, right? Uh, but, you know, the the numbers he put up last year in the minor leagues are really tough to overlook uh, with that. And, yeah, I, wrote, I put him in my – I did an article today for Rotowire and talked about favorite picks going after 276, so like looking at the reserves. Because I went back, looked at last year. Last year in the first round of – of Tout Wars, uh, 15, 15 team mixed format, the first round of Tout Wars, Robbie Ray. So we had the AL Cy Young winner. We had Adam Duvall as the NLRBI leader. We had, uh, and then we also had Tyler O'Neill, who, you know, blew up. All those guys went in the first round of the reserves last year. So I wanted to talk about, because often, you know, most of what's being discussed here, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, walking the dogs and doing whatnot lately. Um, honestly, it seems like we're all talking about the same types of players and, and building things. But I personally haven't heard a lot of talk about the reserves. I've heard end game, but like after that's over, what do you do? Um, mm-hmm. And so I went through and put together a 23 man roster of Gibby. Here's what I can put together after pick 276. And Jose Miranda was was one of the guys uh, that I put in there. I think I put him at my um Either put him at third. I think I just put him at third base uh, with that. But he's in there because his ADP range right right now. Um, you know, when you look at where he's going right now, Jose Miranda is he's my third base selection. His ADP over the last three weeks is three eighty five, three forty eight min, four thirty eight max. Uh, and I believe there's some upside there. And you know, it's it's a Josh Donaldson injury away from becoming a oh my god, I've got to go throw my money at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... And I think I think he's one of those guys. Like I said, he's I think he's going to be up pretty early. I was just talking with uh, Trevor Huth uh, last night um, on uh, the the Pitcherless Discord. Um, uh, they have a little uh, plaid channel, which is Pitcherless After Dark. Uh, and I was I was chatting with him. I kind of briefly jumped in it and was chatting with him while I was uh, writing the rundown for for tonight. And kind of made mention like, when's is Miranda ready? And he said Miranda's ready. Um, and we we both kind of looked at uh, Matt Thompson's um, uh, breakdown of him over on prospects live defensively. It doesn't sound like he's going to be very good. So it's probably a DH, uh, yeah. especially if Donaldson's health or while Donaldson's healthy. So yeah, I think, I think Arise has to hit out of the gate um, because once the service time games are over with Miranda, I think he's going to be up. Um, all right. Uh, the next move is, Jordan Lyles to the Orioles. How excited are you? Wow, uh, I'm thrilled. Uh, and here, in all seriousness, if you are in one of those leagues that has taken that has has moved away from wins and gone to innings pitched as your as your scoring category, this is the type of decision you have to make. Uh, you know, Jordan Lyles uh, is somebody that has more value in that format because he is going to bring you innings. That's what Jordan Lyles does. Uh, he did it last year with uh, with Texas. You look at the the work that he did in Texas last year, give you 180 innings. 
uh, of unspectacular baseball, <laughs> to be quite honest, but he gave you 180 innings and he worked deep in the games. I mean, he had he had 23 decisions uh, and out of his 30 starts. Uh, and so that's where he's you know, he's working the six plus innings. So if you're in that format, that this is the decision you're going to have to make. It, like, how many times can I carry him? with a guy that's had an ERA uh, that had a 515 ERA last year and his ERA estimators the last couple of years have not been pretty. Uh, you know, going to Baltimore helps uh, with the change in Camden yard. So that's going to help a little bit. Uh, so if you are in a format where you can bench people, uh, you know, I forgot if he even went, not, somebody must've taken him an AL labor, but uh, as I explained last week, I believe I did, uh, you know, in AL labor, you cannot bench a guy. You have to cut him mm-hmm. unless he's hurt, uh, and so you have to you have to wear all those starts. And Jordan Lyles did go. Um, in fact, he went in the reserve. So in that one, you can up and down him because he was an original reserve pick. You can up and down him. That's where he should go. So the fact that we're talking about a guy that went in the reserves of a twelve-team mono expert league tells you all of you mixed leaguers should just stop listening. We're done. Uh, it's we're down to AL only. That's where that's where he is. Uh, and it, honestly, I only see him having value is if you're a four, if you're one of those leagues who move to innings pitched instead of wins. Other than that, I'm I'm still out. Yeah, I I, I don't think they're. I mean, outside of AL only, twelve team AL only. Like I, I and I don't even want him there. Like I, I mean, I guess you just get innings, but like a, there's really no format I, I want Lyle. Well, in this particular, I mean, this was Todd Zola's pick, and he picked all pitchers in the reserves, which is becoming mm-hmm. a more popular trend in the minor leagues, but he took Chris Bubich, JT Chargois, Tyler Hearn, Brad Keller, Aaron Loop, and Jordan Lyle. So it's just a matter of, hey, I'm going to cycle through and, and, and do what I need to do, uh, because in, in this league, I can tell you from previous experience, when you lose somebody, it's like the yeah, free it's, it's a death is blow. who has yeah. a pulse. That's what yeah. it is, but who has a pulse? That's why I've got Honeywell, Phil Mason, and, and Tim Miza. Those are my reserves. So I'm able to, you know, Demarcus Evans is on my active. Likely going to get demoted to certain season. I'll just flip Tim Miza in there, uh, and I can demote. I, I don't have to cut a guy that gets demoted. I can I can move him down, but I can't just say, oh, he's got bad matchups this week. I'm benching him. Nope, you got to ride it out in labor. That's a rough format. I, I mean, it really is. It I, really, my really my is. original home league was similar to that. A only, uh, and you could only you could only take a guy off of your active roster um, when there was a natural opening, so injury or um, injury or demotion, uh, and it was it was brutal. Um, next uh, next bit of news, uh, and I, I kind of combined something else with it. Tony Larusa expects Craig Kimbrell to be on the White Sox opening day roster. Um, and the the kind of pairing news uh, piece that came out today, Corey Kniebel will be the closer as of right now, according to Gabe Kapler. Um, these are two guys I believe you've drafted, and I think oh, you yeah. may have even drafted them in the same draft yep. uh, somewhat recently. Um, so what are your takes? Do you, one, believe the manager, knowing that the manager doesn't really have control on whether guys are on teams or not? Um uh, like, so do you think, obviously you think both these guys will be closers in some location if you've been drafting them, but especially the Kimbrel news, how much does this scare you that they could potentially not trade him? What else is he supposed to say? What else is LaRusso supposed to say? Yeah. I mean, I'll say this, you know, 2000, 2000, yeah, year 2000, I'm celebrating Valentine's Day with my first wife and we were divorced six weeks later, right? These things happen. Uh, and you're only as, teams are only as loyal <laughs> as their options. 
and that's what we have here. I mean, what else is Larusa supposed to say? Yeah, he's going to be gone. We all know it. Uh, but the fact that he's saying that, and then the club's going out and acquiring Joe Kelly yesterday, you know, read between the lines what's going to yeah. happen. So that's to me, it's he's saying what he should, what the manager should. Just like you know, you didn't, you didn't have it here, but. They were saying Kevin Kiermeyer's reported the camp. Uh, the Rays have been open and transparent with him about what's what's happening. He appreciates that. You know, again, it, it's great that they're being communicative, but like, I would be stunned if Kiermeyer is uh, with the club. Even by opening day, I'd still be stunned um, with that. But this is what they're supposed to say, and it's good to hear that Dombrowski comes out and and, and Sam Fold. You know, the whole combination in Philly. Um, you know, says that Cadable's going to be the closer because, uh, as I've said all along, if, if he's there in round 10, I'm taking him. And I have in every league except TGFBI. Somebody beat me to the punch uh, and took him. And so I didn't get to him. Um, and, you know, that happened. Somebody took Cadable two picks before me. That's why I ended up with Kimbrell. Uh, I had all set. I was picking on the elbow. I'm sorry, you went a pick before me. Somebody took uh, team two, took him at, at 10 point at 10.14. I had 10, 15, and 11, 1. I was all set to take Knabel. I ended up with Kimbrel uh, because I didn't get him. I had no intentions on taking both there, but I did take both in uh, one of my drafting holds uh, in the 10th and 12th round because I didn't think Kimbrel should still be there. And I was like, I'm just going to take this right now. Uh, so it's, it's just manager speak and GM speak right now. Uh, I wouldn't read anything into it, but I would read into something that they, they made the acquisition for uh, – Joe, I didn't call him Joe Ryan earlier, did I? Who am no, I no, 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 no. You, um, Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly, thank you. Joe yeah, Kelly. I, I messed I, up. I, for some reason, said Gabe Kapler, uh, yeah. even though it's um, Gerard. Joe Kelly. Read into yeah. that. There's, there's, that's really the the telltale sign of what they plan, what's happening. Yeah, uh, and yeah, we'll we'll talk about. Actually, I'll, I'll move the Joe Kelly uh, one up here. Uh, so that way we can uh, we could talk about that next. But I I tend to agree. I, I think, still think Kimbrel is gone. They've just I mean unless they are just um, completely stacking that bullpen, which I mean I guess they technically could, but I just think Kimbrel's going to get moved. Um, there's going to be some team once Jansen signs, uh, once Ian Kennedy signs. There's going to be a team that gets desperate for a closer. Um, and I think some somebody's going to pony up something for them to uh, uh, to give up Kimbrel. I'll be I'll be interested to see what they get though, because um, you know I, 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 now I'm going to move this one up too. The White Sox signed Josh Harrison uh, and Joe Kelly, uh, so uh, Josh Harrison likely seems like he you know he could probably play a little bit of everywhere around the infield, but maybe he could settle into a somewhat regular role at second base. Uh, you know, uh, what do you think they would get in a Kimbrel return? Is, is it prospects? I, I I figured they'd want to bolster their MLB team, considering they seem to be pretty close to all in. So, what are your thoughts on Joe Kelly going to the White Sox, and uh, thoughts on Josh Harrison? I mean, it makes sense for the back end of their bullpen, as you see, if they're going to lose Kimbrel. Yeah, they have the experience with with Bummer, who was really good from the left side. Kendall Graveman, uh, Garrett Crochet, who looked better as the season went on, uh, and then it kind of got shallow from there. So getting some more depth, uh, but I don't ever. It would be really strange to see a trade of we'll trade one reliever and get two back. Uh, you know, I that's where it has. They're going to have to look for some other things. Uh, the Josh Harrison news is, is where it's going to hurt for you know those that were taking late darts on like Jake Berger. 
type of thing because Josh Harrison can play all over the infield. Now he can really play anywhere except for center uh, at this rate. Uh, and then, you know, it looks like, but then they have Lurie Garcia. They kind of coexist. I mean, Lurie Garcia is the switch hitter. So Harrison makes sense if for a La Russa club that loves their veterans uh, and maybe he even overuses them a little bit. Uh, so it makes sense to have that kind of depth and, and that pinch hitting off the bench. Um, so I, just like he made sense in Oakland last year, but I don't see the good path for Harrison's playing time uh, in that. So it's going to hurt him there. But, you know, with the Chicago perspective, it's going to hurt Jake Berger's share. Um, maybe it even hurts the Andrew Vaughn, uh, who that's the one I really can't figure out that, you know, he could start for so many other teams and he is buried on this team buried uh, and without a really clear path of coming out of the hole either. <laughs> so it's like, maybe they could go buy him with Kimbrell and some kind of mega deal. Who knows? Uh, but that's where I see things. I like the, I like these moves from a real baseball perspective more than a fantasy one. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you. I, I do wonder like at what point do they just say like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to trade Vaughn and, and see, what we can get back. I yeah, they're such a loaded team. Like I just I don't understand some of these smaller moves. Um going back though real quick because I did want to talk about the Court Kniebel uh news. Uh, I'm a little surprised that this is what they'd be rolling with going into the season. I still think they could bring in another reliever and maybe that is the as of right now. Um but uh if they if they're not signing anybody I think you know he moves up into kind of that uh, upper tier of, you know, locked in closers. Well, they did. Uh, you may, you, and I, I just realized we, you missed this on the rundown, but they did bring in Juris Familia late last mm-hmm. night. I don't so, think he, I don't think he's a threat. Think he either, but it just kind of, it lifts the experience up in the bullpen because you have, you mm-hmm. have Familia, you have Alvarado, uh, and then you've got Sir Anthony Dominguez making a full recovery from his TJ surgery. Uh, you know, because remember he went down in 2019. Uh, so he's down, or, yeah, not 19. So he'll now be fully recovered. You know, he had 16 saves in 2018. So you've got some more options. So I don't view Familia as somebody who's going to come in and grab some saves. It just gives gives the bullpen. So if you were looking at, if, if they were initially looking at Knebel as uh, a late inning option, much like the the White Sox just bringing in uh, just bringing in Joe Kelly. If you know, if you were thinking that's what Philly was looking at. You know, they now have other options. And so I, looking on paper, I'd be stunned if Canagle's not getting this closer role uh, because everybody else has some flaws. We know Familia has issues with walks. Alvarado certainly has had issues with walks. Uh, and, and Dominguez really hasn't looked the same guy since coming back from surgery. But now that he's fully back, we'll see where it was because he did look really good in 18 um, around that. So more to come, but I, I would expect Canagle, as long as they don't add another guy, uh, like the Rockies and bringing in Colome uh, last night to cloud that situation. Uh, I think Canable's in good shape. Yeah. Um, Matthew Williams on, on, uh, on the YouTube channel is uh, saying Kimbrell. Uh, Kimbrell's one of the guys I thought could end up in Philadelphia, but the more and more we get news from Philadelphia, the more and more I'm feeling uh, likely or like if they're going to add some big free agents, it might be someone like Trevor story. Um, or uh, or an outfielder like maybe Schwarber or something like that. Uh, and then what is Philly going to give up to get a guy like Kimbrel? Yeah, I don't. Cause, yeah, because they they. I'm assuming the White Sox are going to want something for their major league system. Like I don't think they're going to want to trade a guy who is an elite reliever 
for a minor, minor league pieces when they're trying to compete now. And so, and I just don't know that Philly matches up super well there unless they want to trade someone like Alec Baum. But mm, I don't know. Because White Sox need another right-handed bat. And, and, I mean, they, they could use another lefty bat, but that doesn't happen. I don't know, I don't know where you put it. But, like, I mean, the, I don't think you trade Kimbrel for Segura, right? Like, that doesn't seem – like that, yeah. A real base, maybe in fantasy baseball, you would do something like that. But real life baseball, I don't know that you want to trade uh, a year of Kimbrel for a year of Segura. So um, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll move uh, move along. You say Kikuchi? This uh, signing kind of um, I kind of missed it because I was driving down to San Francisco uh, when uh, when it happened, uh, and then learned about it kind of halfway through the draft. Um, he signed a deal with the Blue Jays. Uh, what are your thoughts of Kikuchi going to Toronto? And what does this do for Nate Pearson's shot at making a rotation in Toronto? Yeah, the starting backwards, I, I it obviously lessens Pearson's shot, but that may be a good thing. I mean, let's not forget uh, he's got size, but he's had trouble staying on the mound. So why not ease him into that role and let, let him work in a swing capacity like Michael Kopech as, as the White Sox brought him back last year. So maybe Pearson could be the 2022 version of what we saw from Michael Kopech last year. He certainly has the stuff to make that happen. Uh, so you know, more to come there with, with Kikuchi. I just can't forget, you know, is this tough because he's been, he's always been intriguing to own, but then you look at the final results, you're like, eh. And the velocity tends to wane during the season. He's had trouble staying together all the way through. Um, and that's been problematic for him. So he has the stuff to to get it done. Moving from pitching in Seattle to pitching in Toronto is going to be a bit of a hit. Uh, we had concerns with Hung Jin Ryu making that move, and he seemed to do well considering everything else that was going on last year uh, to that point. So I don't know. Uh, it's it's a wash for me. He may run in. He should, you know, he should get better run support overall. I mean, this is a guy that's never won more than seven games in a, in a full season. Um, that shouldn't be a problem in Toronto uh, for him to get the run support, but that may be offset by just giving up the runs um, with that. But I would love to see his his stuff hold up over the course of a full season and not fade in the second half as it's done um, in the in the last two full seasons. Yeah, this is. I mean, like you said, he's going to get a ton of run support in, um, in Toronto. But like, that's the only real benefit. You're moving to a tougher division, yeah. um, in the AL East. You're moving to a park that has turf, uh, and you're a you know a fifty percent ground ball guy. Uh, I guess I don't know that this is going to end super well. Like he's already a bad whip asset. Um, you know, I think he had a 132, yeah, 132 whip. Um, you know, he's a career 140 whip guy in the majors. Uh, I mean, if you're win hunting, I guess, but I think this is more like, hey, you stream him on and off the waiver wire. You, I, I, I don't know that he, I don't think he was drafted in Barf yesterday. He could have been. He was not on my radar in terms of guys I was looking at drafting. Um, and probably won't be. Like I said, I think he's he's more of a streamer type now. I've loved Kikuchi in the past, but I got to see something first before. He went I'm in the going. middle of the 23rd in, in TGFBI for me, or for my league, not to me, but I took Corey Kluber over him. Yeah. Right. I, I, I took guys like Carlos Hernandez and Patrick Corbin um, at the end of my draft yesterday over, uh, over a guy like Patrick Kikuchi. Corbin. That's a given. There you go, baby. 
definitely <laughs> it is. Hey, I got Cedric Mullins with a 12th pick of the third round. I, I was. How uh, did the league let that happen? I ha- I mean, the pitching was going insanely fast. Like for those of you who have been listening to us uh, talk about like, hey, as we start getting through March, the pitching prices go up. Uh, my draft yesterday um, was a, um, a a very, very good example of what you're going to start to see in some of these kind of uh, drafts as we go through March as pitching prices get, get pushed up uh, because um, by the time it got back to me in the third round, um, and really, by the time it got to me in the second round, I had the what you know, I had picked twelve. So um, by the time it got to me, what is that? Let's see, I don't know, like pick seventeen, pick fifteen? No, yeah, or no, pick nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole Burns, Wheeler, Cole, and I think, and I think someone else were all off the board. Wow! Like I, you know, um, I had hope. I was hoping either Wheeler. Or uh, or Woodruff would make it back to me. Not a chance, especially with Toby in my draft. But um, uh, so yeah, pitching prices going up huge. Uh, Kurt Suzuki signs with the Angels. Do we care? I do. I care because that hurts the Matt Tice shares. If you were somebody like me that was taking Matt Tice uh, as first base eligible because he's going to mm-hmm. be the backup catcher and you wanted those ten games, that hurts. Uh, in the first round of AL Labor, that's who I took in the first pick of the reserves because my catching situation was Eric Haas and Zach Collins. So I'm like, okay, I, I need another option here. Let me go this way. Next pick, Eno takes Stephen Kwan, who I like a lot better, but I was trying to go for let me do some coverage here, and then the Angels go out and do this. Uh, mm-hmm. So that pisses me off. So I care because uh, I have like three shares of Matt, Matt Tice, Tice, however you want to pronounce I need to get that. I think it's, I think it's Tice. Uh, So I have those shit. That's going to hurt because the the path for him becoming major league viable in short order is, is now delayed. Yeah. uh, I I agree. That's kind of the biggest part of this news um, is that, yeah, it really hurts Matt Tice's uh, value (laughs) and potential to pick up uh, catching eligibility. Um, And I've got him in some DCs. By the way, I looked up his pronunciation because we should do a better job. Say it again. It's Thice. Thice. Okay, Matt Thice. Yeah, Thice. I looked up his pronunciation on Bref. There we go. So Matt Thice. Um, yeah, that. I mean, I think it just. I think it hurts him more than it, it helps anybody else. I don't think you're really drafting Suzuki in really any formats other than maybe the deepest of AL only leagues. But uh, yeah, that's it's a bummer. Um, but moving on, Lucas Sims is a little behind due to an elbow issue, um, or I think they said elbow stuff. They said elbow stuff, yes. Is the actual quote. Um, This is super concerning, uh, and I've been a big uh, detractor of Sims all draft season. Uh, Only because Paul loved him so much. Well, I didn't understand. He he had not closed, he had not successfully closed the game since June 16th of 2021. I didn't understand why people were like pushing him up as like, hey, this guy's the closer in Cincinnati. Um, one, I don't think there is a go, you know, go to closer in Cincinnati. I think um, it's going to be either a, a committee or last man standing if people just get hurt. Uh, yeah, yeah. In right. this point, um, so at this point, it could be just about anybody. Uh, what are your thoughts? Like, who? One, are you going to still draft Sims, or is he pretty much jump off your board at this point? Uh, and two, who would you draft in this Cincinnati bullpen? 
So he's been higher. He's gone higher than I've looked at him uh, in drafts. So I'm on it. He's never even been on my radar because somebody else has been more aggressive. Uh, I do like Louis Sessa quite a bit in that bullpen. And honestly, when I'm talking about late inning relievers, I like to frame it as decisions uh, because I took a guy like Josh Stallant last year who didn't close full time, but he had four wins and five saves. There's value in that in, in this fantasy, uh, the, the where pitchers are these days. Um, and so I like Luis Sessa there, but I believe this news comes uh, as for those looking at Art Warren uh, as a late option because uh, Art Warren's there. I mean, slider, his slider's just filth, 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 filth. And by the way, he can still throw upper 90s in this fastball too. Uh, but when you take a look at this, and the only reason, I mean, let's hope that Sims, the elbow stuff is fine. But I mean, we're just a couple days off of learning that Cody Hewer was dealing, or Hoyer, was dealing with elbow problems last year, and the Cubs were trying to let him pitch through it, and they and they were saying they were working on all, all this stuff, and it turns out he needed TJ. And then speaking of TJ, we're only a year removed from TJ Antone going down with TJ himself, uh, dealing trying to pitch through elbow issues. And so when I hear that, it's like, oh boy. Uh, I was already in on Sessa and Warren, but with this news about uh, with, with Sims dealing with some elbow stuff, I want to see what happens first, but... Uh, I would lower him, uh, lower him down, and maybe that pushes the Reds to make a move. Maybe they go out and get Ian Kennedy. I don't see them making a trade for a Kimbrel type because I also don't see the Reds being a competitive team this year. Uh, so why not just go get somebody who can do the job and give them some bullpen depth uh, with that? Because uh, this is unfortunate. I mean, they have a lot of swing and miss potential in that bullpen, but after what happened last year with with TJ Antone, you know, they they should prepare accordingly. Yeah, there. Uh, Matt Williams in our chat uh, said, "What about Kimbrel for Mustakis?" Um, uh, I I don't know. I mean, I guess like I say, if the first thing that comes to mind is like, "Yo, I don't think the White Sox or the uh, the Reds want to like take on Kimbrel's contract, but it would only be for one year, um, and then they'd be on lawful loading the Mustakis contract." So, yeah, might you I want to take on the Mustakis contract because yeah. that's got two more guaranteed years. Yeah, and an option. So I think he's due something like thirty something million. I don't know that the White Sox would do that. Yeah, I think I think the Reds would have to include something. Um, but 34, oh wait, I'm sorry. He's got sixteen, eighteen, and a four million dollar buyout. So thirty eight million dollars. Yeah, over the next three. Years. The, the first sixteen is kind of washed because it's seventeen mil. I think on Kimbrel's exactly. deal. So, uh, but yeah, do they want to spend another twenty one million on top of that? Uh, between the 17 million and the um, and the four million buyout, so I don't know. We'll, we'll, I think that's uh, that's an interesting discussion, though. Um, yeah. As far as, as Sims goes, Sims just drops off my board. He was super low on it to begin with. Uh, I'll be moving him down quite a bit. I'll be moving Art Warren up. I think Art Warren uh, is really really interesting. Luis uh, Luis Sessa, another guy I will be moving up my board uh, as well. Uh, I took. Uh, Art Warren in the 29th round um, of my bar uh, draft uh, yesterday. A little surprised that he was even available. He was my fourth reliever uh, that I took. So, uh, you know, uh, to, to or maybe even my fifth reliever. I think he might have been my fifth reliever uh, that I took. Um, and I just took it because he was still around. I was like, you know what? I'll probably know pretty quickly whether or not he's the guy, if there is a guy in uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, I'll, I'll know pretty quickly into the season, and I can drop him for a for a streaming p- 
pitcher if I need to. So uh, Art Warren is a guy I'm, I'm leaning towards, but Seth is definitely a guy we want to keep an eye on. Uh, but my guess is it's a committee. Like that's what Cincinnati has done recently since trading Iglesias. It's been a committee. Um, not to say that they couldn't go with a you know a one guy. They did it with Iglesias, uh, but it, it feels like David Bell is going to be kind of leaning towards the committee roles. Not a pretty situation. I mean, the the, the, the franchise is treading water uh, and 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 sinking. So mm-hmm. it's you know yeah. You do it with what you have, uh, and they don't have much. They like really don't have many options on the minor leagues that that could call up that's ready and be like, "Hey, come up here and do something." So you know, it could be they've been ravaged by injuries. I mean, yeah, it's but... just uh, so uh, one of the fun pieces of news: Jose Iglesias signs a deal in Colorado, um, and uh, I was joking around with the guys of the Barf League draft about. I was like. Uh, Babbitt wise, man, he could hit like 320 in Colorado uh, next year. I mean, it'll be an empty 320. Any interest on Jose Iglesias? I mean, are we just like a year, two years removed from him doing that with Boston? Yeah, in 2020, yeah. hit 373 for Boston, uh, for Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, which was insane. Uh, I mean, wasn't he the league, league batting leader? Did he get enough at bats to qualify? He didn't get enough at bats to qualify. Uh, just, so, it would be the emptiest of things, but somehow he managed to hit nine home runs uh, last year, uh, 11 in 2019. If, if there was going to be a path of viability for fantasy relevance for Jose Iglesias, he's found it. This would be the place for it to happen. Uh, so, yeah, in a mono league, sure. Uh, I would take a chance, but you make a great point. Like he can literally slap the ball around with a bunch of weak ass contact and find some batting average. Uh, but like leave it to Colorado to do something like this. I jokingly tweeted yesterday because yesterday was Rod Carew's 77th birthday and somebody, and they had a picture of him holding the bat at 77. I'm like, who needs it? They're like, who needs a DH? I'm like, Rockies on line one. Cause that would be right up their alley. Um, you know, we're like fingers crossed that you know, the, the, they said Nelson Cruz was close to signing with a National League team. That would be mm-hmm. an awesome place uh, for him to do it. But at his age, I'm assuming he really wants to chase a ring. And, and Colorado, that's that's not going to happen there. So you have to wonder where things move around. I mean, this, you know, I guess Garrett Hampson shares, if you're still in on that bandwagon, they're going to hurt a little bit because it drops him down. But you don't bring in a guy like Iglesias just to say, hey, he's, he's not going to play. Uh, and so – you know, he's found fantasy viability by landing in the one place that should give it to him. Uh, I see the comment uh, about 650 at bats. It's going to be really tough to do hitting ninth, but who knows? This is the Rockies. Maybe they'll have him hit leadoff. Yeah, that's what I was just wondering. Like, <laughs> like would the Rockies move him up the lineup? Um, they just fired their data, their data guy. So who knows? Maybe, maybe Mofford. Did you, like, did you see the tweet? He's hitting leadoff. <laughs> did you see the response to that tweet about them firing the data guy? Like, oh, he figured out how to win games. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Right now they've got right now. Roster resource has him hitting ninth. Um, I don't know if this hurts Garrett Hampson as much as it hurts guys like. Um, uh, Sam Hilliard. I wonder if Sam Hilliard kind of loses out in, in hand, or maybe it's a platoon between them, and then Hampson would lose out. Uh, either way, it's just not guys have really been drafting a ton of uh, this year. So, 
Uh, yes, I, I think Robert Stevenson. I see that mm-hmm. too. Yeah, they yeah, hate we'll, Robert we'll, Stevenson too. We'll get to that here in a minute because uh, that that's on the rundown as well. Damn it! But uh, as far as Iglesias goes, like, uh, I mean, is he any worse than at least you know what will likely be end of season numbers than uh, Nick Madrigal? I mean, probably not, right? I mean, yeah, probably talking. Like he's probably like seven home runs and 10 stolen bases. He's moving from a team uh, or two teams that don't steal bases to a Rockies team that was like middle of the pack in stolen bases. Uh, So maybe he gets, you know, five to seven home runs of really good batting average and 10 stolen bases. Like that's not that bad. Well, we talked about the playing time concerns for Madrigal with, with um... Horner. Or with the other and uh, with the movement Simmons with Simmons coming in, right? And so that's where, but the playing time concerns for Iglesias, I, I don't see them. So, yeah, you're looking at a volume play. I just wanted to go back and look and see where things were for um, over the last couple of weeks when I look at uh, ADP at the position, just so people can understand the gap. You know, Iglesias. 56 shortstop, 690 is where things were going. Uh, that which is just yeah, you know, gonna be fun to watch that jump because it's about to jump up um, mm-hmm. because of volume play. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think he's a like draft and hold really deep leagues. He, I think he's a volume play. You know, obviously in shallower formats, you know, 10, 12 team leagues, even 50, most 15 team leagues, you're probably not gonna get him. But if you're playing in deeper formats, if you're looking for a guy who can just accumulate, I think Jose Iglesias is going to be a sneaky ad this year. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move right along and talk about the next uh, the next move, and that was uh, another big trade that happened yesterday. Chris Bassett getting sent from the A's to the Mets in exchange for kind of two prospects uh, that aren't. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know anything about the two prospects that were sent over. To be honest, I know one of them's a 27-year-old uh, kind of guy that they're hoping can be a starter this year, uh, but doesn't sound like uh, he's you know much of anything to worry about. What are your thoughts on Bassett in New York? Uh, I, I love it because he'll have better overall offensive support. You know, I had concerns with Oakland trying to sell everything. The funny thing was, is there had really been all the talk had been about them trading the mats. There hadn't been much attention on, they may move Bassett. And so mm-hmm. my concern was now it's, it, it was going to be like, how is he going to get the run support? And I've had the same concerns with, with Montas as well with Manaya as this team try, as it dismantles and goes into the next iteration of its rebuild. So I'd like the move for Bassett going to, going to the Mets where he should have better run support, where the, the situation, the bullpens to be more solidified, it should help his fantasy value. I think, you know, ballpark wise, it's a bit of a downgrade considering how much Bassett likes to take advantage of the expansion, uh, expanded foul territory uh, with his ability to work up and get soft contact on infield flies uh, and whatnot. But overall this, I don't know how you can look at this other than this is a big win for his fantasy value and it's going to push him up. Yeah. I, I, Completely agree. Um, when uh, when I saw the news, um, you know, I was talking about it with some guys at the Barfly. I was like, "This is like best case scenario. Like, if Bassett was going to be traded, getting traded to the Mets ballpark, that division, like that was probably uh, pretty close to best case scenario. I mean, the only other place I think 
that could have been even, you know, maybe a little bit better would, would have been St. Louis, but I didn't think St. Louis was interested. So um, I'm a little bummed that the Mets went after Bassett as opposed to going after Molly um, because that had been yeah. a rumor that was flying around and I was about ready to just like run victory laps all over the place if Molly ended up in, in New York. But uh, yeah, I think this is a, a fantastic move for uh, the Mets. I think it's a fantastic move for uh, Chris Bassett's uh, value. Um, I will probably be bumping him up a few spots, but I already had him super high, much higher than the consensus. So uh, I'm sure I will be getting a ton of shares of Chris Bassett in my upcoming drafts. Did not get him going. yesterday, though. Yeah, well, here for pitchers, this is where he's been uh, over the past three weeks in terms of starting pitchers, uh, ADP-wise. You know, McClanahan, uh, Shane Boz, Nate Eovaldi, Sean Manaya, Zach Gallen, Tyler uh, Molly, and uh, Carlos Rodon have been going just in front of Bassett. I could see Bassett making the jump over all of that. Maybe even all of it. Because mm-hmm. you know you have uh, innings concerns with the two Tampa Bay pitchers, Ivaldi, um, you, know, you have some injury risk with you know, with him. Uh, with Manaya, we talked about losing offense on that club. Uh, Gallant, who knows? A lot of people are still burned from last year, and then uh, with Tyler Molly and the uh, the home run problems. So I could see Bassett making the jump all the way just outside the top forty overall pitchers. Uh, which would then put him on the precipice of the overall top 100 because McClanahan is at 105 lately. Yeah, he, um, you know, the beautiful part about my, uh, or the, uh, the the ranks we have over on the Patreon is that um, I uh, I have done the ADP in those, updated the ADP, and so you can see, you can actually sort by the ADP and see where they rank without the relievers. So uh, Bassett is the 39th starter coming off the board on NFBC currently. Um, A bunch of the guys I already, who were going ahead of him, I already had Bassett ranked above him. So I'll I'll have to see if I'll even move him very much at all. I'm sure I will. Um, Because I had him as my 32nd starter. Uh, you know, I'll probably move him one, two, three. I'll move him up at least three spots, and he'll be a top thirty starter for me. So, um, hey, we got breaking news because one of the person oh, in the comments oh. pointed it out. Uh, Joel Sherman reporting that Adam Onovino is now a Met. There we go. Let's uh, let, let's talk about that though. So, breaking news: Adam Onovino. Do we care? Why not? I mean, if you look at the if you look at the bullpen, obviously Edwin Diaz not movable. Uh, it's just, it's an interesting signing because their entire, their entire bullpen is right-handed. Their entire bullpen. If you look on the, uh, on the depth chart, roster resource, everybody is right-handed. Uh, and that's where, that's the value that Ottavino brings with that slider <clears throat> is that piece. But that's maybe the one piece that, I mean, Castro's a sinker slider type. It's just an unusual signing. Uh, yeah, he's got late inning experience, so he could find himself in a late inning depending on the matchups. Um, I'm, I'm not like fading him, like Steve Ciszek saying that he's you know too there's there's uh, you know there's too many risks there with the three batter rule. But this is just an odd fit given that everybody else in that club's already right-handed. Yeah, I'm. Uh, but Adovino's yeah. also from New York, and maybe he just wanted to stay home. I know that they've been talking about bringing in a lefty. I can't remember which lefty it was, though. Um, there's not many lefties are left on the market, so uh, that, that'd that be interesting to see. 
who they potentially um, could bring in. So, uh, yeah, I don't think – I mean, he, he clearly isn't going to challenge um, anybody for a closing job. He's not going to challenge Edgeman Diaz. I don't even think he's first or second man up. I nope. think he's I think he's just a depth piece at this point in his career. So, um, you know, interesting, but I don't think I don't I don't even think he like factors into holds leagues for the most part. So, um, one year uh, deal, four million dollars. Yeah, some someone was telling me that uh, on, on Twitter the other day that uh, you know because I said I think Kniebel could lose his job if the uh, if the Phillies bring someone else in. They're like, you know, and he or you know he could become the setup guy. And someone's like, $10 million for a setup guy? Come on. Uh, and I'm like, $10 million isn't what it used to be for these relievers. They These teams pay these relievers. Like $4 million for a middle of uh, a middle of a bullpen? Yeah, that's that's sounds about right. So, uh, Nico Goodrum signs a deal with the Astros. We'd gotten a, a, a question about this one earlier in the show. Um uh, P. Roth asked, Nico Goodrum to Houston is going under the radar. Is Jeremy Pena in trouble? Because he's the guy who is slotted in as uh, the shortstop with Correa leaving. What are your thoughts on this situation? Possibly. I mean, I'd like to, if they do, if the Astros do make a move and bring back Correa or bring, bring in Story, at least gives them another versatile player. I mean, this has been kind of the Atlantis Diaz role uh, where, mm-hmm. hey, I can play all four spots on the infield. Uh, let me let me do that, and Goodrum is certainly capable of doing that. Plus, playing the outfield, so it's nice to have the versatility of a guy that can, you know, literally play any position on the on the uh, not pitcher and catcher uh, mm-hmm. with it. So yeah, that's where it, that to me is where it gets interesting. You know, Diaz is still on this roster, uh, but Goodrum's also switch hitter, and that's one of the things that was missing on this club as a left-handed bat. Uh, on the bench uh, that could do this. Everybody else, uh, Pena right-handed, Diaz right-handed, but the fact he's that that Goodrum is a switch hitter gives him that kind of option and versatility. So I like the move. Uh, for I, what I don't like, you know, I want to see how it plays out. So maybe if they don't, if they, if this is like this is the team we're rolling out, then Goodrum could make the jump uh, and become the guy uh, at shortstop, hitting in the bottom of the order either way. Uh, but it's a good move for him. I, I, another one of these, I like it more as a real baseball move right now in the current context. Uh, my fantasy evaluation of it is to be determined based on what else they do. Yeah. This is an interesting fit. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine that this is who they're rolling with. Like, I think if, if this is a team they roll with going into the season, one, I don't think they will. I think they're going to, um, I think they're going to sign somebody else. Uh, and I, I do think they're going to bring Correa back, but I can't imagine defensively they want to go down from Correa to Nico Goodrum at shortstop. Like it just, um, I think if if this were the team that they're rolling with, it's probably Jeremy Pena uh, as the guy because um, he's a better defender than than Goodrum uh, at short. That being said, like I, I think Goodrum could be really interesting if he if we could figure out 450 plate appearances. He could be really interesting for fantasy. I just have a hard time figuring it out where he's going to find those 450 plate appearances without injury. Luckily for him, this team is a team that gets injured a lot. You yeah. know, you've got Michael Brantley, you've got uh, Bregman who's been injured a lot. You know, if they do bring back Correa, Correa gets injured a lot. Um, so I, I think he will probably find his way to 350, 400 plate appearances and maybe more, um, you know, deep, 
uh, AL or you know AL only. I think he becomes interesting. Um, draft and holds, he becomes interesting. Uh, but I think that's about it for right now. If we get closer to draft or the close to the start of the season, and they haven't brought back Correa or Correa signed somewhere else, story signed somewhere else, then I start going, okay, maybe we can pencil him in for 500 plate appearances uh, or even more. Uh, Zach Wheeler, or sorry, uh, Alex Colome. We'll get Zach Wheeler here in a second. Alex Colome to the Rockies. Jason, are you okay? No, I'm not okay. This sucks. Uh, <laughs> this sucks. As somebody who has so many shares of Robert Stevenson this winter, uh, no, I don't like this. Uh, but I'm not giving up. I'm not dropping Robert Stevenson either because it's not like Colome can just come in and be like, hey, look at my track record. I should be the full-time closer, and I'm not going to hear anything differently. Now, they may have promised it to him as they were trying to offer him a deal, but, I mean, Colome, look at the numbers. It's just – yeah, he had what do you have? He had 17 saves last year. He's had the job previously, but he is a high pitch to contact guy. And you know, as all this stuff we just talked about with uh Jose Iglesias, like, hey, this is the perfect place for him to go and do something. Like, this is the worst place for Alex Collins. Yeah, to go. absolutely. It's all you know, it's all cutter, it, it's cutter, cutter, more cutter, and then fastball and the you know, cutter weak contact falling into a base hit. I jokingly said, you know, somebody. Doug Dennis, I think, on Twitter this morning is like, sure, bring in Alex Colomay. Why not? And I was like, yeah, Sean Chacon agrees. It's like, you know, go back and look at Sean Chacon the year he had, I think, 20-something saves with a 6-20-something ERA. You know, it's like, to me, it's, this is ugly. Uh, I don't like it, but I'm not, I'm not dropping, uh, not dropping Stevenson, mainly because it's drafting holds and I, I can't, but I also did take him with the last pick of TGFBI. So he was my 30.15 pick. And I'm just going to be stubborn there. I'm not going to drop him there either. At least try not to. Um, because I believe he's got the better stuff. And I don't want to be like, drop him. And then, you know, Colomay gets a job two weeks. And I'm like, all right, you're done. Uh, we're pulling in Stevenson. So we'll see how it works. I know it's risky to carry a, a potential closer as one of your seven roster spots uh, in a 15-team mixed league. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Uh, and I'll, I'll um, see what see what happens out of it. But I, I was really unhappy to hear that news last night. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, it's great for Colin May because he's going to be the closer, uh, at least to start the season. But like you said, this is like the worst possible landing spot for Colin May to be a closer. Um, Such a know, rocky move. I, yeah, this is not going to end well. Uh, I, I do not want a Rockies closer um, unless he is an elite one. There's no elite one in Colorado. Uh, I'm not drafting. I've already drafted Colin May on some draft and holds, but other than that, He's not going to be a guy that I pick at pretty much any point. Um, I almost drafted him TGFBI. He, I believe, didn't. I don't. I don't think he got drafted, or maybe he did super late. Um, but or sorry, not TGFBI and Barf yesterday. But uh, yeah, I just I don't want like, the Rockies are going to be bad. This is a situation that could end up really bad. Colomy's been a guy who's like been really really good his entire career until last year, in spite of the underlying statistics. Um, always showing that he's going to get hit hard at some point. I think he's going to get hit hard in Colorado. Um, that's just that's just not a good spot. Yeah, it's crazy because he was, like you said, his you, you look at his ERA estimators and he would do well, uh, especially when Tampa Bay moved him to the pen from 16 to 18. And then in 19, you started to see some cracks in the armor, even though he still got 30 saves. Uh, and then in the short in 2020, he was unreal, but the numbers were like, yeah, this ain't going to hold up. And then last year, that all came to fruition, where now his ERA and his estimators are now on the same page uh, in a bad way. And let's go to Colorado and see how this plays out. 
I expect like the death by a thousand bloopers uh, where, you know, cause it's really, it's, it's the, it's the fastball and, and the cutter off the fastball. Um, and if somebody is, and if he can get the cutter to fade off and people swing over it, great. But if they're like flaring at the right field and all those different things or weak bouncers, I just expect, you know, death by a thousand uh, bloopers and it's going to be painful, but this is, you know, saves or saves or saves. And if he has a job, somebody's going to draft him and somebody's going to get those saves. Yeah. No, no, thank you. I don't want those saves. I mean, NL only, I guess, but like, I'm not playing in NL, NL only this year. So like, I, I'm not personally, I will not be making that plunge and uh, Godspeed to those. If you who do make the Alex call it my plunge. <laughs> Um, Zach Wheeler is a little behind uh, workload, uh, workload related per Dombrowski. Um, and then you also put a note in here that says uh, also reported IL stints are back to 15 days for pitchers. What are your thoughts on Zach Wheeler? Are you pushing him down your board a little bit with this news? Um, and how do you think that we're going to see this 15 day IL stuff play out again for pitchers? Yeah, the 15 day IL thing for pitchers is, yeah, that means three starts. Uh, mm-hmm. potential, depending on the schedule, two to three starts with that. No more of this. Hey, they're going to miss a start. Uh, yeah, that's no longer possible. So, uh, it's, it's a factor. The, and the other piece of that, while we're on that, by the way, is the fact that unvaccinated players cannot go to Toronto, uh, and play there. So you get the fact of that in this year too, where mm-hmm. that's a bit of a home field advantage for Toronto. Um, uh, given that what they went through last year, I guess it's only, it's only, um, only fair that the scales tilt in their direction this time. Uh, but unvaccinated players cannot travel there. So we may have to start looking at that uh, where some of those pitchers may have to stay home. Uh, Toronto may be facing uh, lesser lineups, depending on who it is uh, on, on different teams. So that's something to watch out for as well. And that news broke uh, last night or this morning. So I wanted to drop that in there as well. Uh, but to Wheeler, I think it's just a matter, and this is going to speak to a lot of pitchers, just a matter of, uh, the routines being disrupted. I've often talked on this podcast how you know players are creatures of habit and pitchers are creatures of habit and building up their workloads in spring training and this accelerated part of spring training where it's now three weeks and everybody has been kind of left to their own accord to work um, in whatever uh, throughout this winter. Like much was made of Mitch Keller working at Tread Athletics here in Charlotte, um, working through things. But you know people have been on their own under – doing whatever they need to do to get ready for the season. And now they're going out and they've got to get from, hey, I'm unpacking my suitcase to I'm on a major league mound in a regular season game in less than a month's time. Uh, so I'm expecting some early, and it would have been nice if, if the league would have approved like a 28-man roster for the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, that would have been nice to, uh, to have, but I expect some early, you know, unusual usage of guys more so than we normally get. Cause normally, you know, people get to 80, you see somebody warming up the bullpen. They're out by a hundred early on in the season. And we're freaking out if they go longer than that, but I, I'm expecting kind of some 2020 usage in the first couple of weeks of the season mm-hmm. to accommodate for these guys on, on short, uh, having to get ready on such short notice. Yeah. I might drop Wheeler down a spot. Um, I had my, my number three starting pitcher. Maybe I move him below Woodruff. I just can't imagine. I mean, unless we, unless to me, it's the rising here. tide lifts all both types of things. Mm-hmm. The news affects everybody, so it's just like yeah. I, I don't change any ranking. Uh, it's just you know, yeah, it is, what it is. But I just think looking at expectations, it's just yet another thing to remind you if you're projecting anybody for 200 innings, if you're projecting anybody for 190 innings, revisit your look at that pitcher. I just don't see 
some noise in my house that was weird. Uh, either of those things happening. I just heard a loud bang. <laughs> the, the the ghosts of uh, pitchers past are uh, are you haunting ramble here. For a second. I'm gonna peek out the door and see. Make sure. All right, no worries. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not super worried. I mean, unless we get some sort of news about Wheeler. Um, that he is dealing with some sort of like elbow issue or shoulder issue. And that's the real reason why he's being, uh, or he's buying then, then obviously I would drop him considerably, but, uh, until we get some sort of news that, uh, something is wrong, uh, I'm going to stick with Wheeler being a top five pitcher for me, uh, in 2022. So, uh, no, we're good here at the house. Wife. All right. Uh, we got a few more, a uh, few more pieces of news. Um, uh, Deekman is close to a deal with the Red Sox. Do we care? It, it'll be interesting given that the the whole late inning situation there is not fully settled. I, yeah, I don't. Maybe he becomes part of the the late inning decisions process uh, there, but the the whole process there isn't really settled, and it gives them a nice option for uh, for uh, battling lefties late. It'll be interesting. I, I'm not discounting it. Uh, it bumps them up slightly uh, on things, but overall, uh, I don't know. I would be stunned to see him just slide into the, hey, you're going to be the guy we're closing. But remember that that bullpen, uh, you know, lefty-wise, their high-leverage lefty last year was Josh Taylor, and that was the only one they had. Uh, and now it gives them a little more depth. They did bring in Matt Strom, but Matt Strom's arm's got to stay healthy for him to be usable. Uh, so, uh, AL only format. If we are redoing labor today, uh, maybe reserve pick. He was not drafted uh, as one of the guys in labor this past weekend, though. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think if in holds leagues, like if you're looking for a guy who could rack up a fair amount of holds, uh, like I think that's interesting. I, I think Boston, uh, it sounds like Boston is interested in bringing in uh, another reliever, whether that's, you know, there's been some ties to Kenley. Uh, Jansen, there's been uh, you know some talk about maybe Ian Kennedy. I don't think they're bringing Kimbrel back, uh, so I, I think they're going to bring someone in to close. Uh, and even if they don't, I think then Barnes is likely the guy, especially with them talking about moving Whitlock and uh, someone else into yeah, stretching Barnes, them out. Barnes was not good uh, once the once baseball got serious about the baseball. Uh, yeah. and, and stuff on it. Barnes well, really wasn't good in that regard. But you know, the end of the day, which Deepman, we're talking about a guy with a career five walks per nine. That's yeah. not going to play out full time in a closer role. I don't care what the strikeouts are, five walks per nine, and that number hasn't been below that uh, since 2016. Yeah. Um, Dodgers sign Hanser Alberto. Uh, which probably means they are not going to re-sign Pujols. Alberto is uh, a, 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 a lefty uh, kind of killer kind of guy. Um, any interest in him in NL only? Not really. Nope. Uh, <laughs> that's but that's the news is that they don't they don't bring back they don't bring him back. Uh, it gives them a platoon partner with, with Gavin Lux at, at DH most likely. Uh, this is one of those, and I think this would also be a telltale sign that the Dodgers are not planning on staffing that DH role with a full-time DH using it as a way to provide days off in the field for Justin Turner, for Mookie Betts uh, with the, you know, not having the hip surgery, uh, that different type of thing for AJ Pollock. But I, I believe that the Dodgers are not going to use the DH in a full-time role unless like they get some stupid good price for somebody. Uh, but 
that's the other thing I see out of this. Yep. Uh, Joe Ross is out six to eight weeks. Any uh, after an elbow bone surgery, elbow bone spur injury uh, surgery. Uh, thanks to Jay Hook uh, over on uh, who's watching on Twitch uh, for that update. Um, any thoughts on the Nats rotation? Who could benefit from that? I mean, he was already out uh, to me. I mean, because remember he had the partial partial torn elbow ligament, had surgery in August. To me, he was. I never even factored him in. Uh, it's just unfortunate because he's always hurt. Uh, but never even factored him in. I could see them going out and making another move for a, a pitcher. But you know that. I've said Josiah Gray is the only guy I am comfortable rostering. I know you take how you dare you Corbin. I know you'll take Corbin, but Gray is the only guy I am comfortable rostering in the active phase. Now I would take a dart on Corbin in the reserves if he made it there, just for the strikeouts. Uh, but other than that, I really do not want any share yeah. of a national starting pitcher. I'm pretty much right there with you. I've drafted a little bit of Paulo Espino. Um, uh, in like draft and holds just as like late innings. Um, it'd be 35. Like there's no upside. Like what we've seen is probably what we're going to get, uh, from him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, outside of, you know, I'm drafting Corbin late in a, you know, in a regular draft, you know, reserve rounds type thing. Um, and Josiah Gray, I've been drafting, uh, here and there. Yeah. I, I, like I've heard a lot of people talk about Strasburg recently, and how like they're willing to like take a gamble on him. Like I have zero interest in Steven Strasburg. Like he is like pretty much off my board. Uh, at this point. Wait, they're paying him so much money. They have so much money left in his contract. Yeah. I, I just, I want nothing to, I mean, if we see him out and he looks great, you know, in spring training, maybe I come around a little bit, but I don't know. It just seems, I mean, he's been through so much in the last few years in terms of injuries. I just think it's so risky. I, I know the skills are great when he's healthy. He's just not healthy ever. Like that's, and I just, I don't have any faith that he's healthy now. So. Um, he got hurt in the middle of that diatribe. Either one. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, Adrianza signs a deal with the Nationals. That just happened. Breaking news. Um, do we care? Uh, no, no. The, uh, as long as he doesn't threaten my Cesar Hernandez MVP 2022 story, then I'll serious. Just no, I don't. Um, it's just another guy for them to have out there uh, rolling around on the bench. It's going to be an ugly. If you're a Nats fan, I'm really sorry. It's just going to be. Just hope they don't walk Juan Soto 200 times this year. Yeah, uh, they they may. Um, I, I'm. I don't, I mean, Adrianza right now, I mean, he's probably, uh, you know, a, a super utility guy, can play infield, play outfield. I think, if anything, what this does is hurts uh, my boy Luis Garcia's chance of making the uh, making the opening day roster. I don't think he's going to now. I think he's going to go back down to AAA, which, I mean, he's still super young. Um, but uh, it could hurt. He's got He's got the curse of the options. Um, yeah, I think he's – and, so and Ross Resource has him now down in the minor leagues to start the yeah. season. Um, I don't understand why the Nationals continue to bring in these guys that are going to block him. They need to at least see what they've gotten him. Like, give him a shot. Like, I don't I don't get it. But, um, 
Maybe there was a number they need to raise the average age of the roster because most of the roster was young. But if you're a bad team, this is what you should be doing. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't get it at all. Well, Jason, that wraps up. We did an hour and 15 minutes of just straight moves. And uh, but we got it too. Yeah, yeah we got thrown. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get some more moves uh, here in the near future. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a look just to double check, see if. Uh, um, if uh, if there's any other moves that have uh, happened since we've uh, been wrapping up, we've been adding moves as we were talking. Uh, it looks like the Phillies are close to a deal to bring back Odubel Herrera. I, I don't know that I care. Okay. Yeah. So, but um, I mean, that Phillies outfield is so bad that he probably could play. They need to make a deal. I'm sorry. I mean, there was an uh, article at MLB Trade Rumors today, like, "Hey, Philly's looking for outfielders," and they ran, they they rambled on through all these guys, and it's just like you don't have an internal solution. Like you're the Cleveland of the National League. Cleveland's been looking for outfielders yep. forever. They can't find them. Phillies and just hasn't worked out. Like, go make a go, deal. Nick Castellanos, yeah, Warburg, go get one of these guys. They got to sign them because uh, I don't know what they have, uh, you know, trading asset wise, what they could possibly do for a trade unless somebody, you know, unless they were like, hey, somebody want a veteran shortstop? Here's D.D. Gregorius. We'll take a little bit off, but give us an outfielder. I don't know uh, what what they can do in that capacity, but uh, I don't think they have anything. Much to Sam Fold and, uh, and now at the Sean Rodriguez is now in that organization. So cool for him. Uh, you know, figure something out there, but they need they need to do something in the outfield uh, because what they have, no, that Cleveland. If you take all the outfielders combined in Cleveland plus Philly and put them together, you got like a one and a half outfielders. Yeah, you still have um, Bryce Harper, and, and, that's, and that's like with Bryce Harper making up one and a quarter yeah. of the outfield. So hey, don't don't besmirch my Bradley Zimmer. You know, <laughs> he, he's at least half an outfielder on his own. <laughs> Jason, uh, where can people reach you at? Uh, what are you working on? Uh, I uh, at Jason Collette on Twitter. Uh, working, I had submitted just before we got on air uh, an article again about the putting together a 23 man roster based off of picks after ADP of 276 over the past three weeks. Uh, and so, looking at that, uh, honestly, a team wasn't so bad, probably could compete with that type of team. But it was you know, in a 15 team uh, mixed league, just wanted to remind people that. You know, reserves be strategic of what you're going to do, whether you're trying to address a shortcoming for what you did in the actives, whether you are trying to hedge your bets. If you, if you take a risk, uh, it's like, hey, I'm going to take Clayton Kershaw. I'll just take Mitch White, too, if he makes it down there. You know, that type of situation. Uh, or you want to spec some closers. You know, have a plan when you go into the reserve round so you can uh, – so you can get into it and have a plan there. But as I mentioned earlier, the fact that the AL Cy Young Award winner, the NL RBI leader, uh, went in the first round of a 15-team tout mix last year, there's opportunities down there. And and those types of moves, um, I forgot who won that league last year, but Tyler O'Neill went after that. I mean, those types of moves help make the difference in the league. So be you know, have a plan about what you're going to do in the reserves. That way, when it gets there, you're not – because most often, there's only a couple of minutes between that. But have your plan, and in your deeper leagues especially. Uh, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, I was talking earlier, there's nothing worse than being that owner who's just sitting there going, hold on, I need another minute. It's like, oh, my God, make a pick. Like, have a strategy and just get it done uh, and move that and keep the draft moving. Otherwise, there should be a clock in the reserves. Even if you're in person, clock. And you can have, like, the whole wrap it up 
from the old Dave Chappelle skit. Uh, <laughs> have a bell. Yes, have a clock. It's a minute, and that you get skips, and and you go to the do something, but keep it moving. Have a plan for the reserves. Absolutely. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Chesa Mason FWFB. Um, I'm writing daily over at Fangraphs. Uh, I'm on this podcast, the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast, and the TGFBI podcast. Uh, that will wrap us up for this episode. For Jason and myself, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season. See you guys. And we're back. Uh, this is uh, breaking news. We we were just kind of BSing after uh, after chatting, and saw that Sonny Gray has been traded from the Twins, or nope. sorry, from from the Reds to the Twins in exchange for uh, Chase Petty and uh, oh no no so Fran- Francis Pereira goes with Sonny Gray to the twins for chase petty uh instant thoughts i mean we're, we're just seeing this as uh, as we're recording i'll throw this into the back of the episode uh for those of you who are going to be uh listening via podcast so uh thoughts on city gray moving out of cincinnati to a much better park in minnesota so we were, I mean, as we were talking about the recording earlier we said cincinnati was an organization treading water if not sinking Oh, now we know which direction they're going. Here comes the sell-off, uh, and they make this move. But I would say that the same points that we were uh, applying about the the change in defense in Minnesota uh, really apply to Sonny Gray. I mean, Sonny Gray's a ground ball pitcher, and now he's going to a, a defense that is, uh, you know, we're unsure of what the the def- the quality of defense is going to be with with losing Simmons and gaining Connor Falefa at shortstop. So uh, I, I feel that the the gain in getting out of Great American Small Park is somewhat offset by the by the infield defense. That said, I haven't looked at exactly the way the Reds infield defense was playing once they settled on an infield last year and got Suarez out of shortstop. It's um, not but, good. Yeah. So. I, I think this is, I mean, yeah, it's not as big of a plus as it might have been if uh, Isaiah kind of Falefa wasn't playing shortstop, but like, it's definitely an improvement over Eugenio Suarez and Kyle Farmer uh, on that side of the uh, on that side of the infield. So I think this is great for Sonny Gray. This is. I mean, uh, he gave up 13 of his 19 home runs at home last year. Uh, 489 ERA on the at home, 344 on the road. Uh, yeah. That helps. So yeah, this gives this gives Bray a, a nice bump up. Uh, and see, this isn't a small term solution either because. They could uh, they could exercise his option next year. He is in the final year of that deal that he has, but there is a 2023 club option uh, available as well uh, to him. So this may be more than just a one year move for uh, for uh, Minnesota, but you know, bully on them for going out and making a move. Especially yeah. in this Chase Chase Petty. It's it's not like I mean Chase Petty was their 14th ranked prospect by the latest work that that Eric uh, and, and Tess had done uh, and just. This article just came out earlier this week 
Uh, but they ranked Petty as the 14th person. Um, just some of the comments here, we, were, we remain skeptical about Petty's long-term chances to start due to the nature of his delivery and relative lack of physical projection. Very well built and strong. The cement on his frame is closer to being dry than it is for most teenage prospects. Um, they have him projected as a late-ending reliever. He's still several years away. So, yeah, I, I think he's probably a high-leverage late-ending guy. Um, good fastball, good slider, but yeah, I think that's probably about it. The hometown kid, uh, he's from Minnesota too, and they traded him away. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is also interesting news for Hunter Green. Um, like he could, uh, he could potentially make the probably not the opening day rotation, but be up pretty early. Um, you know, he's he's finally healthy after dealing with uh, a lot of injuries. Uh, so he's a, a pretty interesting. Uh, a guy that could be a, an interesting stash in 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 your you know fifteen team or deeper leagues um, or leagues where you stash prospects. So um, I I don't know, I love this move for Sonny Gray. I actually had Sonny Gray in, in a a little bit above ADP in terms of where I have him ranked. I'm probably going to move him up a few spots, getting out of Cincinnati, going over to uh, uh, Minnesota. So yeah, I, I like this a lot. Um, someone uh, in the chat because I did open it up live for everybody again. Uh, I said, "Will the floodgates open now for the Reds?" Uh, Senzel Winker, who else is vulnerable? Um, I think anybody's vulnerable. Uh, I think Tyler Molly might be next. Uh, hopefully, is is next. Um, I think he's a guy who could be uh, moved out of Cincinnati. Uh, I definitely think if they can find a taker for uh, Mustakis's contract or you know Suarez's contract, they may end up you know, trying, you know, they need to kind of unclog that infield, probably unclog the outfield too. I don't think Senzel is a guy they trade, but maybe Jesse Winker. Winker could be a guy that gets moved, um, you well, know, because I mean, they, they have a lot of everything. Well, if you look at the, you kind of, as we walk through the Mustakas thing, you got to have to walk through where salaries are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like this year, they're still paying Shogo Akiyama $8 million. Yeah. Uh, you know, Luis Castillo's in the final year. He's got ARB three coming up next year. So you would have to, you know, believe that he is good as gone. Yep. Winker is getting ready to head into ARB three. Molly is getting ready to head, head into ARB three. Uh, Tyler Naquin is in his final year before being an unrestricted free agent. So that that's where things are. Everything else Those is four so guys. Yeah, those four guys I think are probably at the top of the list of anybody yeah. being uh, potentially moved um, from Cincinnati. But I mean, I don't know that anybody is super super safe unless they're part of the long. I mean, Votto's not going anywhere. They're not going to trade Votto, obviously. Right. Um, and Brady had a twelve million dollar option for next season. Uh, the other thing to consider with Green, and I hear you. But if this team is fully going in the rebuild, are they going to use this year as one of his years to burn things through, you know, to, to do that? Whereas they got, you know, Nick, Nick Lodolo at least has one year of, of, he's got one fewer option years left. Uh, and perhaps they go that route instead uh, and use him. Uh, All those guys could slow. be up at some point. Um, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, they're obviously going to play the arbitrary or the, um, the, uh, the service time games with them, but, I mean, considering Lodolo's been hurt, Green has been hurt, um, you know, at points in their, you know, recent careers, you know, you, you probably want to get them up and, and kind of see what they got in them if, you know, uh, just, you know, you don't want to waste the bullets on them in the minor yeah. leagues. So. Yeah, at least Green's been, he's got the AAA experience, so, you know, mm-hmm. why not opening I think, day? I think there's a... I don't think he makes the opening day because I don't think they want to... I think they're going to play the service time games. This is... 
he may even be a super two guy. Like maybe that's maybe he doesn't come up till June, um, June or July. So, uh, but just some someone to kind of keep an eye on. Maybe you're not drafting him, but uh, you're you're kind of uh, keeping an eye on whether or not he's going to come up early. He could. Remember what I said about ten minutes ago uh, about the Dodgers? Dodgers are close to make Nelson Cruz is close to making a decision. Appears to be down to the Dodgers and Padres per Mark. Oh Frank. my god! So, <laughs> Please not the Dodgers. Stop signing players I really, really love, Dodgers. The Padres I mean, that'd be one, great for I mean, the Padres one makes sense. You know, the Padres thing makes sense uh, because they were rumored into it last year, and it was part of the reason why the Rays had to step up and pay the price. Um, and then Vince Velasquez just signed a deal with the White Sox. Uh, so, yeah, if that's down to the Dodgers and Padres, so scratch potentially what I have. But why does it always come down to the Dodgers and Padres? Didn't they go the whole Max Scherzer thing? And there was mm-hmm. another guy that they were close to getting. And Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, Nelson Cruz potentially to the Dodgers would be really interesting um, because uh, I would I would have assumed they wanted to keep the DH open yeah. For for guys like AJ Pollock and Max Muncie yep. and Will Smith, those of you thinking Will Smith would get a lot of extra at bats at um at DH, that seems unlikely. I mean, that's going to be super unlikely then if uh, if Nelson Cruz comes to town. I think the Padres make more sense. Um, but man, I mean, either way, wherever Nelson Cruz lands, whether it's the Dodgers or the Padres, if those are the two final spots. It's going to be great for his fantasy value. He's going to go up from like, I think he's around pick 180, 190. He's going to be a top 130, 140 pick. Um, and maybe even higher than that. Uh, he's super undervalued right now. Hopefully, if you are like me and do a lot of early drafts, you've gotten a lot of Nelson Cruz because uh, he'll be a monster in either of those lineups. So, all yeah. right, well. That that is our breaking news uh, yeah, update. I think we're good now. I think we're good for the next five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think we're we're not going to jump back in. So uh, anything else that gets uh, that happens, uh, Paul and I will discuss on Tuesday. Jason, thanks a lot for jumping back on with me. All right, see you, man.